What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and I am back with my top bets for the week in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, we have a, a packed weekend uh, this weekend. We have a, a very good uh, UFC card, obviously, uh, with the uh, the pay-per-view heading to Boston, I believe. We have a good PFL card as well. If you haven't seen my preview for that, please check it out here on our, uh, on our YouTube or on Sherdog.com wherever you find your podcasts as well and we have a very good KSW card which I also uh, have a preview for if, uh, if it's not already out it will be out shortly so have a look for that and check that out as well so uh, a fun weekend of uh, mixed martial arts from all corners uh, of uh, of the globe and there's much more to come as well over the next few weeks so we're uh, we can all look forward to all of that but before we get into next week's UFC P, uh, PFL and KSW let's look back at our bets from last week, and it was a pretty good week. Uh, the flyer didn't hit, but we hit three of our four bets before that, so we'll, I think we'll all take that any week. Uh, the flyer was Dos Anjos by TKO KO. Uh, that obviously didn't hit, and it was you know it was a plus 700 flyer, so it was a, a genuine flyer, and look, we all know how that fight went. Uh, I saw someone saying, um, I think it was my guy Ian O'Neill saying that uh, d- d- uh, Luque Dos Anjos Dos Anjos. And that was a good call, I suppose, there. And my, my call for that was, was wrong. The other one I had wrong was Steve Maury. I thought it was uh, not a great display by him, but a very good display by Moldovsky. So, yeah, that one was was kind of called wrong. But the other three uh, hit pretty well. Um, the bigger price, I said on Logan, Logan Sorley at minus 333. Um, actually, like, I don't think he had it as much of his own way as I was expecting. But still, look, he got the job done. Khalil Roundtree at minus 180. I thought that price was too big and I think the the fight the way it went showed that uh, as well and then Justin Keish at plus 130 that I said last week I think that was the better of the week and um I think it showed why she had the uh, the clear advantage in that one, and uh, and she used and she got the win by a decision over in that one in uh, Bellator. So that is that for last week. Let's look ahead to next week. So I'm going to start off with my KSW bet. I'm going to go with my PFL bet, and then I have three bets. Sorry, two bets from the UFC, and my flyers actually from the PFL as well. Right, first one that I'm going for uh, is. I'm going kind of the same as I went last week. Uh, I'm giving you a couple of underdogs in there, a uh, couple of even, one underdog, a couple of even fights, and then maybe a little bit of a bigger favorite who I think is a good price, and that's the second bet there today. But the first bet uh, I'm going for is um, Bogdan uh, Ganico. And he's fighting uh, in the common event over in KSW in the light heavyweight championship, and he's fighting Ibrahim uh, Shuzgiev. Now. He is plus 163 um, in this fight. He, I, I watched a good bit of him. He's a very good fighter. He's 10-0 undefeated. Uh, his opponent, 17-5, has been around for a while. But I just think he has an advantage in this one. Now, what's his advantage? Well, you look at his record over on Sherdog.com. As I said, 10-0. Six knockouts, four submissions. And that's the type of fighter uh, that uh, Bogdan is. He is a finisher. He's a good athlete. He's not, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the world at six foot one for the division, but he hits hard and he just makes it tough on opponents at all times. And I think the matchup here for him, early doors 
is more favourable. Um, he's fighting out of a good camp as well. He's fighting out of the, the UFD camp um, with a lot of the top guys who you would see on KSW or maybe you know maybe on German shows or a lot of the push or a lot of the European shows that with the maybe the UFC or our Bellator would bring over. Um, and when you look at him, right? You look you look at his uh, opponent Ibrahim. The big difference in them, I'll say it again, is that kind of the athleticism, the movement, the way they both approach fights. Um, Abraham is like the slower, steadier. If the fight goes to decision, I'm going to be there and I'm going to kind of make it close no matter what happens. Uh, whereas Bogdan is the opposite of that. I'm going to go in there. I'm either going to take you down uh, and, and submit you or I'm going to knock you out. And he's a very good grappling base as well. As I said, very good submissions. Um, the only thing I would have an issue with for him is his um, his time in the cage. As I said, all finishes, never gone to a decision. That's the, that's the only thing I would have for uh, with him. And Ibrahim obviously has that as well. You know, he's... Look, he's a well-rounded fighter. He um, he won the KSW light heavyweight title against Tommy Snarkoon by decision. Do you know when you when you beat Snarkoon, you know you're a good fighter. So there's no doubt in that. I don't think with uh, uh, with Ibrahim, but uh, and he, look, he has the, he's a good striker. I wouldn't say an amazing striker, but he has a good uh, safe game. I would say and uh, a good uh, wrestling game as well. The one thing I would say is like. When you get to a certain level, I was talking to a uh, the podcast this week about Khalil Roundtree. There's like a level at light heavyweight when you are the the, the bigger, faster, more athletic guy, uh, like Bogdan is here. You have such a clear advantage because the bigger divisions, um, they rely on that more. They rely on their physical gifts or physical advantages of more. And you see all the guys towards the top are like that. Like you look at, say, the UFC at the moment, right? Who are the guys right at the top? Like Giri Prohachka, one of the most physically gifted guys you could possibly see. Um, Jim Hal Hill, exact same, so physically gifted. Look at the way Johnny Walker has kind of risen again, so physically gifted. Look at the heavyweight division. John Jones, who was a light heavyweight for a long time. Francis, um, uh, look, at, look at the likes of Stipe, who's a very good physical guy. You know, the uh, JDS was always a guy I thought is just so physically good. Like, and what what do all them have? They're, they're strong, fast, can move well. You know, and I think that is the difference in this fight. And that big rigmarole is all to tell you that. Like, I just think he's gonna move around, find the space, and find the shot. And if he can do that multiple times in the first round, I think he's too fast for Ibrahim. Um, I, I think uh, Ganico is a talented guy in all areas, and if he can find a shot as well, he, as I said, he can get the takedown, but I do think he will find a shot. I think he'll find the big shot. Uh, let's have a look, I suppose, later in the week as well, the lines, the knockout. I fancy him early, so if he can get a big shot, a shot in there early, maybe go for that one, but... I looked at this price and this. I looked at the all these fights. Obviously, the preview for it, and this was the one. As I thought about it more, even after recording the preview, this is the guy that kind of stood out to me. This is the guy I can think in a few years we'll be talking about him with some of the other people there. And I think he is a, a very, very good fighter. And I'm going for him first fight of the week at plus one sixty three. Right, the second bet I'm going for this week uh, is from the uh, the PFL. 
um, and I am going for uh, an Irish man. And you call me biased here, but this is uh, this is definitely not uh, <laughs> this is definitely not a biased one. But I'm going for uh, Nathan Kelly, uh, who's fighting here. He's, I think he's the top fight outside of the tournament, and he's fighting uh, uh, Damon Nelson. Uh, who is uh, four and three, and Nathan Kelly seven and two, uh, and Kelly's price coming in there is minus two seven five. Now, like last week uh, with Logan Storley, the reason I'm giving you this uh, is because I think the price is way wrong. Like, I think Nathan Kelly should be possibly like minus six hundred here. Like, I look. Let me just have a quick look at some of the other prices uh, on uh, uh, on this. Like, there's a lot of big big differences in prices here like Dennis Golsov is minus 800 uh, in one place uh, Maurice Green his fight against Hinnan Fahea Fahea is minus 800 minus 770 in some places that's the sort of price I think Nathan Kelly should be here um, I watched a bit of his opponent look there isn't too much tape that I could find uh, on Damon Nielsen but, uh, Nelson, but what I, I did see of him was that he can move around well you know he uh, he's not a guy who goes in there and, and throws it away in any of his fights or anything like that he's three losses two of them by decision and the second one was late in the second round you know where he got finished so not, he's not one of those guys who's going to throw it away at you and he's you know uh, won some uh, won a go- four fights as well obviously and, and was undefeated 4-0 as an amateur as well so he's a good fighter but you look at Nathan Kelly right now obviously I've, I, I've been watching Nathan Kelly since he was an amateur and seen all his fights on the way up and he was a guy who um, I honestly I didn't think he was going to reach these levels I'll be honest and I know he's coach uh, Barry Ogilvie who's original coach and he's coach John Kavanaugh I always believed in him but I'm not going to come here and tell you lies like I didn't I, was, I especially looked at him when he was making his Bellator debut at 3-2 and two. Um, and I'd watched obviously a couple of his fights before that but I went back and I watched them all at that stage and I was thinking like he's going in there against Scott Pedersen who's a good fighter and he goes in there and he, he beats Scott Pedersen they're like oh well he looks good he had a f- couple of fights then one over in Centurion then he came into the PFL and he fought Ben Ellis and he destroyed him. And in his last fight against Zachary Hicks in the Challenger Series, he looked unbelievable. And those last four fights have really changed my opinion totally on Nathan Kelly. He looks so smooth in there now. His wrestling was always good, but it's after getting better. He's stronger. His uh, jiu-jitsu is fantastic. His striking is good. He, uh, uh, you know, I always say... Uh, um, <laughs> it feels like I'm always saying lads are good athletes in this but he does look a good athlete but when the technique gets better and the ability gets better and what you're producing gets better you sometimes look a better athlete <laughs> if you get me you know everyone looks a good athlete when they're winning but he, I think he is as well so I, I think this is the start to fight again like the last one against Zachary Hicks like he went into that fight with Zachary Hicks uh, you know who's a good fighter uh, around the place he was what Eight and four, I think, coming into that one, coming off of three wins um, in a row. And, you know, a, a big thing going over to America fighting as well. It's uh, it's not easy to leave. And I know he's fought in other places, but, you know, it's not easy to go over and fight in America. And he, he did it and he did it easily. And here we go again, you know, in MSG, it's a massive, uh, it's a massive weekend for him. And uh, I, I think he's well able for it. Plus, he has this elixir of the Irish uh, card in December <coughs> and he could very well have this spot again on that you know um, we'll have obviously the, the PFL European tournament finales but it's all up for grabs after that and he could really get a big spot on that 
Plus, you could get a big spot next year, maybe on one of the tournaments. As we know, with PFL kind of in flux at the moment, like is there takeovers of Bellator and all that going on? We'll see. But that's obviously a chat for the, another day. But all of that now is in front of Nathan Kelly, and he has to win this fight, and I think he will. And honestly, I think that price, minus 275, is a very, very, very good price. I think he's going to go out there in post as well, probably get a takedown, and maybe get uh, maybe get a, a submission early in, in, in that one. Right. Uh, let's uh, move on Let's look at the UFC um, My first bet for the UFC I'm going for Zhang Weili to win inside the distance uh, And she is minus 163 to do that Which honestly I was a little bit surprised at I thought she would um, I thought she would be a, a, a bit bigger of a price for that To be honest Or a bit smaller of a price Whichever way you look at it I thought that might be minus 250-ish Because I don't know about you, but I, I feel like this is the sort of fight where she is going to get it done. Now, not to, uh, not to say Amanda Lemus is not a good fighter or anything like that. She Look, she's only lost twice in her career, only been finished once. But that was against Jessica Andrade last year. And, you know, Jessica Andrade hasn't been on the greatest run since. But you just feel like what happened in that fight... Uh, and sorry, she's been finished twice, submitted once and, and knocked out once, and the other one was by uh, Leslie Smith back in uh, 2017. So that's a good while ago now, in fairness. But I, I just feel like Zhang Weili, she has had enough, I suppose, uh, setbacks over the last few years that when she comes in here and fights and when she gets on this role, I suppose, next, that she will want to be like, she wants to kind of let it out a bit. And go. And we've seen in her last two fights, you know, she got two finishes uh, in a row on those two fights. And I don't think she'll want to stop that going. Like, we all know, that, remember her fight against Yuani and Jacek was just as kind of the pandemic was starting in 2020 and there was a complete mess of a camp and all that, but she still was one of the greatest fights of all time. Absolutely unbelievable. And then she lost twice to Rose Nami Yunus, you know, but got her title back, as I said, fought Yone and Jacek again, got the finish, fought Carla Esparza, and got the title back in that one. And now it's her time to kick on. And I think, again, the, the, look, it, this is both a danger and, I, I suppose, a, a carrot, as I would say. Like, she has possibly the two biggest fights um, of her career, possibly, as I said. Hopefully more will, <laughs> will come up. But ahead of her, maybe the three, like... You know, maybe the Rose Nami Yunus fight again. I know Rose has gone up, but like maybe she could come back down. Right there's one. Yan Zhao Nan is another one. Which if that if they could put that on in China, it could be absolutely massive. And then she's Tatiana Suarez. You know, this Habib like figure who everyone thinks is going to be the next champion. It's it's kind of when not if you know. And to do that, you have to be the Mandalemas. And I think. You know, sometimes, and I feel like she gets it as well, right? I think she's one of these people that get it. I, I think if you look at, say, someone like Israel Adesanya, who, who doesn't get it, you can see, like, right, you have a matchup here, and this is a matchup you have to kind of make pay, right? So you get put in there with Jared Cannonier, right? The worst thing you could have in that is people leaving in the fourth round. You have to take advantage of that. You have to take, you know, she's a Amanda Lemus here. Not, and I'm not, you know, I don't want to put Amanda Lemus down or anything. She's a good fighter. But compared to Zhang Weili... She's not on that level. She shouldn't be seen as on, on that level, I don't think. Zhang Weili is a tremendous, tremendous fighter. And I think she will I think she will get the finish here. Like you look at uh you look at Lemos and you think, right, in her thirteen wins, she has eleven finishes. Um eight of them knockouts. So like is she gonna go out there and knock Zhang Weili out? 
I find that very hard to see. Like, very, very hard to see. Now, you might say, Shani, well, what about Rose Namunis? Didn't, uh, didn't Rose knock her out the first time? She did, but she didn't knock her out the second time, you know? And I don't think Amanda Lemos is Rose Namunis either, if I'm being honest. Uh, I think... I think she's going to struggle with the speed of Zhang Weili a lot. I think she's going to struggle with the strength. I think she's going to struggle uh, in the... Um, I think she's going to struggle in, in inside, kind of, both striking and with maybe the clinch. Um, uh, it's, it's, I find it very hard to see Zhang Weili losing this. Like, Amanda Lemos is good everywhere. You know, she's one of those fighters you you look at her and think, well, what, what is she bad at? And like, someone with a 13-2-1 record... They're not going to be bad at much. Like, let's be honest here. Um, but I just think Zhang Weili, I think she, you know, she, Limas will come. I, I, do you know what? It'll be interesting to see how Limas fights in the first round or two. Because Zhang, uh, even the Asparza fight, you know, she kind of slowed it down in the first round and picked it up in the second round. Like, Limas has to realize that and she has to set her stall out, in my opinion. And what like what does that mean? What's that gonna look like for her? It's either a good thing, right, where she'll set her stall out and she'll put puzzles out there for Zhang Weili, or she'll set her stall out in like um oh no, this is my big moment. I'm freezing here. This is an issue type of way, you know. And look, it's likely to be one or the other. She could come out and give the absolute display of her life, like someone like Alexa Grasso, or uh, you know we've seen many of them down through the years, or she could you know come out and do. You know what Ganya did against John Jones or something like that, you know? Um, but either way, like, even if she gives the best display of her life, like, at worst, I think Zhang will win the decision. Uh, but I do think she will get the finish. I do think as well, like, even if Lemos fights well in the first round, throughout the second round, if she loses that third round, if it's going kind of against her, I feel like it's going to be tough. You know, she doesn't have that much experience going long either, especially recently. Like, in her last, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fights, she's only gone uh, to the decision once. Um, and when you're fighting at the top level, never gone five rounds as well. You know, she's only gone three rounds, um, I think, tw- is it twice ever? Let me just look again. Yeah, tw- well, three times. One one draw and two decision uh, uh, wins. So, not that much experience going long, and we'll see how that plays out for. But having said all that, um, you know, you five rounds to get it done. I always like betting the finish in the five rounds, and I'm betting the finish here in this one for Zhang Weili. Right. Um, my other bet from this is from the other title fight, and that is Aljamain Sterling against Sean O'Malley. I'm going for the over two and a half rounds here, and that is minus 150. So... <laughs> Every time I do one of these betting shows and it's uh, <laughs> it's a title fight like this where it's an, a relatively evenly matched, you could you you could say, now we'll find out, like someone get knocked out in two seconds, right? But let's say a relatively evenly matched title fight that, like, who's going to have the better the striking? I'm not sure. Like, if Aljo gets the fight to the ground, obviously you'd favour him maybe to get a big submission or something like that. But when you've, t- you know, two titans kind of going at it here, you know, O'Malley went toe-to-toe with Peter Yan, and even if you think he won that fight or not, he still went toe-to-toe to him, went, went all the way. Uh, same for, for Aljo, right? I always feel like those fights, a part of them is the planning for five rounds. And when you plan for five rounds, and when you space for five rounds, I suppose, it, it, it does get elongated sometimes, the fight, right? It really, really does, unless there is... Like let's say like Lemos and Jang, it's it's a more elongate, it's a more um, 
wide margin between the quality of the two fighters you would say now maybe that'll be the case here and maybe i'm wrong but i i that's the way I, i'm kind of just feeling on that at the moment like I, i'll give you my i, I think alger will win uh but i'm not too sure right but what, what i do think like my, my call and if i was to make like my <coughs> my prediction for him it would be it'll be evenly matched enough of a fight for the first two rounds like maybe at one stage Sean land a big shot maybe at one stage Aljo will get the back and like see out the, the last three minutes of the round like I don't think Sean O'Malley is terrible on the ground he's going to get immediately submitted now look if if he takes his back and gets a rear naked choke he could get immediately submitted but if it's you know in the normal running of things, uh, I I don't I, I don't think he will immediately. I don't think it'll be just a gimme. Like like let's say with Habib against Justin Gaethje, right? If someone gets Justin Gaethje to the ground ever again, they're really good at jujitsu. You know what's going to happen. You know there's kind of a big deficiency there. I don't think that is necessarily the case. I'm mad. Look, we as I said, we'll see. But uh, that's my call on it. And so having said that, right? Can you imagine Aljo surviving a big O'Malley shot in the first two rounds? I probably can, right? Can you imagine O'Malley surviving a takedown or two in the first two rounds? I probably can. Um, and that's the reason I've kind of gone for it. I just see, like, I see, they're going to be well prepared. Uh, there is one issue, I think, that maybe I'm leaving aside a little bit. I'm not too sure about O'Malley's durability, right? But that is something um, that's either we're going to see very early and it's going to be a TJ Dillashaw situation because it's something that happened in camp or it's going to be maybe something that happens later in the fight which would be covered in this so I, the two over two and a half rounds right so I, I think both guys will have the cardio on the tank to do that and the ability to survive that no the later the fight goes could Aljamain Sterling maybe take over could he's ex- over uh, extra experience let's say he gets into the third round, fourth round, and it's takedown after takedown after takedown, and O'Malley tires, and then he gets him into, I could see something like that happening. Or if it's, let's say, it's a beatdown by either guy on the feet, and it goes later. Could I see a finish later? Yes. That's why I didn't go a decision. I was thinking about going for a decision. We look at that price later on, but I, I really like this over two and a half rounds. I do think it's going to be an even fight, and when an even fight happens, it usually goes longer. So that's my bet for this one. Doesn't need to be any winner. You know, it could be a knockout at uh, two thirty-one of the of the third round, and we we'd still win. So uh, that's what we're going for: the over two and a half rounds in Aljamain Sterling versus uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Right, my final bet, um, my a uh, flyer of the week. Now I have slightly approximated this one. Um, and if you listen to my PFL preview, you'll probably know what it is at this stage. But I'm going for um, Amanda Lybrook via knockout against um, uh, Marina Machathena. Now, she's plus 300 just to get to win the fight straight up. Um, please keep an eye in the, uh, in the uh, comment section below and I will update the price. Or maybe by the time this is out, John will have it. I'm going to estimate around plus 600, right? I'm going to estimate around plus 600 to get the knockout. So that's my bet of the week. As I said, when the bets come out later in the week, I will update in the comment section below. Could be plus 500, could be plus 700. I'll kind of go in the middle of where I think it might be at plus 600. Right? And the reason I'm going for this, uh, if people listen, to, as I said, to that preview, I just like, I, re- I really like uh, Amanda Lybrook. I have liked her, you know, since I started watching her uh, a few years ago. But when I started doing the, the preview this year for the, the car that she was on, I'm like, well, you know what? She has 
the size. She has the the skill. She has the athleticism. She has the knockout ability for a division that we don't really see a lot of people with those skills, right? Um, and I, I my prediction at the start of the year was she caused a shock. What did she do? She head kicked, knocked out Martina Jindrova in the first round of their fight. Door, uh, their, their fight now she. Got finished very quickly by Larissa Pacheco, but look, everyone is. So if we leave that to a side, I think she has every chance here. Um, look, it's only it's only two months since that knockout. It was a it was a heavy finish TKO, so I'm you know I'm not counting that out. But I like her chances against Marina Makathena. Like she's not too dissimilar to the other people in that division. If you look at like even Jandrova a little bit, even Kaleshnik, if she's coming in to fight. Um, in that division, she's going to be preparing for fighters like that who are, you know, not bad strikers who love a judo throw, love to get on top of you. Maybe use their submissions and whatnot. Like, um, Makatina in her career, ten wins, five submissions, four decisions, one knockout. So she's not the biggest knockout artist in the world. Like, I think I really think Lybrook just keep your distance, keep your distance, keep your distance. Land that big head kick, land that big right hand from the outside, land the leg kicks inside. Do not let her get close to you. And if she does, hold on, hold on, hold on. But I think like thirty-five years of age as well, uh, Marina Makathena. Look, she's had she's a great record, no doubt about it. She's had a great record in PFL over the last few years. The only person she's lost to uh, in PFL is is Kayla Harrison. She's won her last four in a row. You know, she's a very very good fighter, but. I don't think she's fought anyone in that level. Now, she went to split decision with Abigail Montes, who's a good fighter. But the level of striking she's going to be meeting um, in this one. The last time I think she met it was probably Janae Harding, and she lost that fight uh, in Bellator. Uh, and I think Lybrook is even a little bit better in terms of, well, definitely a lot better in terms of her power. Like, seven wins, five knockouts in there as well. I just, I just, I really like her. Funny enough, I'm looking at her record. She actually has a win over Janae Harding as well. So that bodes well if you're going for the MMA mats there in this one. So... I like, oh, this is a sneaky little bet. A dirty, sneaky little bet from Shawnee here this week for the flyer, Amanda Lybrook, via knockout, plus 600-ish. Keep an eye on the, the comment section. Right. Those are the bets for the week. Let's run through um, the other cards. Uh, we'll start with PFL first and look at some of the prices. Uh, this one's actually updated from the preview. I didn't have this. Uh, Satoshi Ishii and Marquez, minus 136. Oh, for Marquez. Marquez might have been one of my bets of the week if I'd seen that uh, earlier. That's literally just after popping up. I really like that price. Minus 136. Uh, Mazar and uh, Neil, we spoke about that. Minus uh, 250 for Neil is the favourite there. Um, Chris Mixon, I like the look of him. He's a good fighter. Minus 225 against Eddie George. And Dukan Buckley, uh, I think he will win as well at minus 175. You could get a good uh, Aka here in this one. How about we go with Marquez, we go with Mixon, we go with Buckley and maybe throw Nathan Kelly into that as well. That'd be a good, uh, that'd be a good one there. Let's let's you know what while we're here, let's see how that is. So we're going Marquez, we're going Mixon, we're going Buckley, and we're going Nathan Kelly. Hold on, if I can find him, he's a little bit further down here. That's plus four hundred, plus four hundred, plus three nine nine, plus four hundred. That's a. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. That is a great parlay bet. Sean Sheehan's parlay of the week: Marquez, Mixon, Buckley, Kelly plus four hundred. Boom. I might start doing that. Will I start doing the parlay of the week? How about that? We might start doing a parlay of the week, lads. More work, more work, more work for me. But look, if if it's good, it's good. Uh, if that wins, so if that wins, we'll we'll do a parlay of the week until it loses. Right? We'll do another one, <laughs> and if it loses next week, we won't do it anymore. Um, 
So yeah, the rest of the PFL then, look, it's very hard to bet on the top of this PFL card, to be honest. Golsov, minus 800. Green, uh, and Fahir, Fahir, minus 800. Um, Pacheco, minus 1,000. You, you can't bet on that, like, you know. And then I told you, I, I've gone for the underdog in the other one, in Lybrook, Makathena. Um, she's plus 300, as I said, straight up. I, I, I don't mind that at all. Uh, and the other one then is Babley against Wint, minus 175 for Babley. You know that went. It's hard to know. He's only what he's only one and zero. I think. Uh, let me just check on that. He's he, around that anyway. So you never know at that stage uh, of their careers. And uh, yeah, he is one and zero. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I suppose. Right. Um, KSW run through that quickly. The main event: Parnas minus three, three, three. Uh, honestly, I think that's a good price as well. There. Um, Plus 230 against uh, Rukala. You can check out the whole preview for that if you want more of a breakdown uh, on that. Um, I told you about the Coleman event. He's one of my bets of the week. Um, Patrick uh, Kim, uh, Patrick against Danu uh, Tarchila. He's minus 300. Patrick and is a big favourite. Patrick Surdan as well. Uh, in his fight is a favourite of minus 200. I do like him watching the, the previous coming up for that. Lukas Rukowski. Uh, he's just about the favourite of minus 120 against Wilson Varela. Um, so yeah, some interesting ones there. Kleber Silva as well. Um, I think he's. Does he, I think Kleber Silva might have a late change there. Rafael Kalashuk uh, in that fight. He was. Who's he supposed to fight? He was supposed to fight someone else. I'm pretty sure. But anyway, um, we will. Uh, we will leave it at that. Let's talk about the UFC. Um, Sterling and O'Malley obviously is the main event, but some of the undercard fights first. I was talking to uh, my my partner over in the Severe Met podcast this week, Graham, and he was looking at that Chris Wyburn price at plus two twenty five. I see in one place here, and he was kind of saying to me, "Shani, Chris Wyburn in his day against Brad Tavares, you'd be all over that price." Now, Chris Wyburn didn't look like Chris Wyburn even before he broke the leg, so it's hard to expect him to look like it again. Having said that, though, is Brad Tavares the same fighter he was a few years ago? I would say probably not either. Um, look, Weidman came back and he competed in that jiu-jitsu match. Will that help him? I, I don't think it'll hurt. Um, I'm very interested to see how Weidman looks here. As, would a small bet on Weidman a plus 225 be a good one? I, w- I wouldn't go totally against it. Let's see the price on Weidman via submission. Plus 900, is that correct? Plus, if Weidman is plus 900 by submission, I really like that. I really like that. Let's let's just see. It's been a while since I've seen a, a bit of Chris Weidman. Let's see him just on his Sherdog record here. 15 and 6. Let's see how many submissions. Only four submissions. Uh, so not a lot. But, like, you know, he's obviously been concentrating jiu-jitsu, doing a little bit more of that. Submitted Kelvin Gastelum. Um, you know... Submitted a few guys earlier in his career as well, so yeah, not the not the most submissions in the world, but maybe That's, that might be a bit of a, a semi flyer there. Um, Tulan on Rodriguez, Rodriguez is a big favorite. There. I do like him minus three fifty, but you know, betting on that. Uh, Gerald Marshall, I saw a thing today that Gerald Marshall, when he finishes uh, or when he when he wins fights, he's won by finish every time. So, what's Marshall inside the distance? Uh, he is plus four twenty two two plus two forty. Sorry, he's at plus two hundred straight up. So if you do fancy him, I would go for that. I do not fancy him though. I think Petrovsky will get it done there. Uh, Andrea Lee against Antonio Silva. I always like a bit of Andrea Lee as an underdog. Always like Andrea Lee as an underdog. Um, 
I'd be betting her there plus two seven five. I see she's plus two eighty here in one one bless. I do like that. Creamy Silva then against Marina Moroz. It's kind of a, a step up for her, but I don't think maybe Moroz set the world alight as much as she thought about uh, recently. Maybe the over on that. The fight goes to decision minus one two five. That's the one I'd be going for on that one. Fight goes to decision minus one two five, uh, and then the rest of the card here. Um, we have Vera and Munoz. I'm surprised how close this is, to be honest. Um, minus 200 for Vera. I, I, I just think, like, the uptake he's had in his career over the last few years, I thought he would be a... I thought he'd be a bit of a bigger price. So, maybe, you know, still a, t- a touch overrated, but, like, maybe he's a touch underrated now. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's one of those ones. I'm not sure about him anymore. Whereas Munoz, we thought Munoz was kind of falling off a cliff, but then he came back last time out and looked good. Um... I do like Vera in that one, to be honest. Fight goes to decision again, minus 275. See, that's a lot. How about Vera by decision? Um, That would be... Let me just look at that. That's plus 105. Still not amazing. I'd be avoiding that one, to be honest. I would be avoiding that one. Um, And then we have the top three, Lemos and Zhang. The, the, the straight-up prices on that, minus 323 for Zhang Weili, plus uh, 250 for, uh, for Lemos. Um, if you fancy the over two and a half rounds in that, it's minus one two five. If you fancy the under two and a half rounds, it's minus one oh five. You know, not bad, not bad at all. There, if I go to the decision, it's plus two forty. If I finish inside the distance, minus three fifty. So people do fancy that. Um, if you like Zhang to get the knockout, plus one fifty. I was looking at that, but I just didn't think it was strong enough for me there. The submission for uh, Zhang is uh, plus four hundred. Uh, and if you fancy Lemus inside the distance, it's plus three fifty. Or Lemus get the decision, plus nine hundred. So she's a massive underdog. All the way there. Then we have Ian Gary against Neil Magny. Um, you know, this is a massive change in opponent for Ian Gary. Very different uh, sort of opponent. He's been out in Brazil, you know, hasn't been with his camp uh, in uh, in Florida. It's very interesting. A risky fight. It's a risky fight. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. But minus 450 for Ian Gary. Um, plus 325 for Ian Magny. I think that is way too far apart, to be honest. I would have Ian Gary as the favourite. I do think he will win. But I'm not. I wouldn't be betting him at that price without a shadow of a doubt. I'd probably, you know, if it was minus two hundred or something like that. Yeah, but not not at that price. I don't think. Um, yeah, and obviously that's a newer fight, so the bets are still coming out on that one. But uh, yeah, that wide that that line seems a little bit too wide for me. I think Sterling versus O'Malley uh, minus two fifty money line for Sterling O'Malley is plus two hundred, which is an interesting line. I think. I look. I think that's just about right. I, I'll be honest here. I think that's just about right. Um, there's, there's so many interesting bets in this one. Um, O'Malley to get the knockout plus three hundred. Sterling to get the knockout plus five hundred. That was one of the ones I was looking at because I look. I do think O'Malley's jiu-jitsu is going to be good um, and maybe good enough to survive. Like, could we see a ground and pound? Could we see um, O'Malley getting tired towards the end? Like, that's kind of my prediction. That's like I've the, the bet. I, obviously, the bet I've gone for is the over uh, two and a half rounds. And that's like why didn't I go later? Why didn't I go to the decision? Because I do think there is that possibility that he doesn't see it out, O'Malley. So um, we could be looking good at that bet late. But let's see. Sterling by submission uh, minus, or sorry, plus one seven five, and O'Malley by submission uh, plus uh, two thousand two hundred. So very very uh, big lines there. Uh, let's just see the decision. Fight goes to decision plus one six three. Fight doesn't go to decision minus two two five. 
All right, just to recap the bets again, Bogdan Ganido over KSW plus 163, Kelly straight up plus, sorry, minus 275. Uh, Zhang Weili inside the distance uh, minus 163 uh, the fight in the main event over in the UFC Aljamain Sterling and Sean O'Malley to go over two and a half rounds at minus 150 and my flyer of the week is Amanda Leebrook to get the KO at around plus 600 alright everyone my name is Sean Sheehan for Shardog.com please bet responsibly and we'll see you all next time